All right, well, this might be the most controversial episode in Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast history. Wow. You are setting the disclaimer right (laughs) at the beginning. That's amazing. No introduction. No introduction. Just (laughs) warning. What you are about to listen to is highly controversial. Smack him in the face with the two-by-four right off Yeah, that's huge. Wow. You're really not messing around, are you? Nope. Yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> welcome. welcome to the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. We hope you continue ministry. listening. We didn't do this last time, did we? We just jumped right in. We didn't say anything. I thought we did. No, nope, I don't think we did. Whoops. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship, in better worship in the local the church. local church. My name is David, and I'm here with... Kevin. How you doing? Hi, good. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. We didn't say that mm-hmm. last time because I, I don't remember saying hi to you. Um, well, shame on us. Oh, well. We should we should go back through and like edit that, <laughs> that last one and like overdub some... Um, no, no, we won't do that. No, we want it to be real. It is. It's real. That's what we're all about, man. And sometimes we forget. We do. And you know what? Uh, speaking of being real, I mean, we, we took like a seven-week hiatus from the... Uh, <laughs> we took a seven-week vacation from our, our worship ministry podcast duties and responsibilities. I hope we didn't you know lose any people that thought, oh, this is just another one of those podcasts. They were around for a while, but now they're gone. No. Because well, we're you, not. We're you, here. We're here. We're here for the long haul. Um but you said you you still put a couple of of uh, carryover episodes that we had, right? You put yeah. a few of them. Yeah, I put you know I put one up. I put the one up like two weeks after we did it, the first yeah. one, and yeah. then the next one was like two or three weeks later. All right, so, so the, it wasn't t- you know a huge. Long so it hasn't break. been like a full on seven week stretch. Yeah, because it's been seven weeks since you and I recorded, yeah. but um, and a lot's happened. It, you know, if you listen to our. Uh, podcast last episode's podcast which uh, ironically is the same day because yep. uh, we record two episodes at once um, if you listen to last episode's podcast you'll hear all about the big snowstorm the uh, arctic blast of 08 that hit the uh, the portland metro area and um, david was on vacation um, then i took some vacation time so so we've, we've been out of commission for a while but we're back in it 2009 is a good year January is actually almost over, so we're we're one twelfth of the way through, and a lot's happened. A lot has a lot happened. has happened. You know, I took. Uh, I, I should say this real quick before we get into our highly controversial, um, <laughs> our our we disclaimer. Need to have some suspenseful music. Going yeah, dun dun dun. Do, 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 do. No, so I took I took some vacation time, right? Yeah. Um, which is which is fun. And normally, normally when I take vacation time, and I think you've done this too, you you just take you just take some time during the week, and then you know you're back on Sunday uh, making things happen. Um, as something speaking of 2009, I mentioned a little bit of this in my in the previous podcast, but what I'm trying to be more intentional about is is um uh you know. Um, being open to new ideas, I'm trying to be, um, for 2009, one of my goals is, is to, you know, like I said last time, be open to new ideas, uh, you know, have creative people around me to, to help, you know, the, I talked about the whole, uh, worship planning committee thing that we're doing. We got the project manager, blah, blah, blah. One of the other things I'm trying to be more intentional about is to, for me to actually do less leading, um, uh, which is actually kind of funny, you know, for, for me, that was a weird concept. I'm like, well, gosh, I'm I'm the I'm the paid worship pastor, you know, I'm the worship leader here at mm-hmm. Laurelwood, and and, uh, and I'm going to be doing less leading than I have before. 
Um, it didn't didn't seem normal, but as I've been talking with the elders about it, and they've been challenging me and encouraging me to to develop other leaders in the church, to develop other worship leaders in the church, um, kind of the the three deep mentality where you know you have yourself and then you have your number two, and then that person there's a backup for that person as well. So anyway, all that to say, I actually took Sunday off last Sunday, uh, which which. I haven't done a whole lot of that. I haven't taken a whole lot of Sundays off. Yeah, I've and, taken two weekends off since I've been here. Wow, I've taken more than that. I've taken more than two two Sundays off. Um, one of them was a little while ago when Melanie had to go to the hospital early right. Sunday morning because she had that whole heart thing, mm-hmm. which was weird. Um, she's better now, by good. the way. Just for anyone who's out there, who cares? My wife is great. Um, and, but you know, I've taken a few Sundays off here and there when Melanie. Uh, when we had our our baby, I took two two Sundays off, but but this one was unique because um, most of the time I, I've either like called one of my friends, hey, can you lead worship, mm-hmm. or or it's been like a last minute thing where I call someone at the church and be like, I need you, please, I'm 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 in a real bind. This is an emergency. This time, I very intentionally said, all right, I'm going to be gone, and I'm going to take Sunday off, and I'm going to work with someone, and I'm going to coach. And I'm going to work with them on leading worship for this Sunday. We're going to work together. Uh, we're going to pick out music together. I'm going to give them some creative, you know, freedom, blah, blah, blah. So I did that, and it was awesome. Yeah. It was absolutely awesome. Um, one, one of the gals at, at our church uh, who's been on my leadership team for a while, uh, she plays guitar, she sings well, and, and I said, hey, uh, do, do you want to lead worship? You know, what would that look like? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. We got together. We talked about what songs we could do, how to put it together. Uh, we, we practiced, we, we played, we, you know, I coached, we trained and, uh, from everything I can tell, um, it went really well on cool. Sunday. It went really well. Yeah. Mine, I did the same thing where I was planning to be gone for a weekend. Mine got messed up by the weather though. Oh, See, cause I, my, I was going to take two, basically two weeks of vacation. Well, comp time and vacation, yeah. which was going to start the day, the Monday after we finished the Christmas thing. Oh. And then it was going to encompass the following weekend, and then I'd come back the following weekend. But then you had to cancel the Yeah, career. so then we had to cancel, ah. so then that meant we we had to do the music the following weekend or not do it at all. And because our volunteers had worked so hard on the music, totally. like, I can't just not let us do that. So, so instead, I took the week off, came in, did the weekend, and took the next week and then that weekend off. Well, and that's then, confusing. Yeah, so... Weird. Yeah, it kind of threw a wrench and everything, yeah. but it was okay. It worked so, out. So you had someone uh, in the church leading for you? Yep. And yeah, how, did, had, how did well, it go? See, so we're doing this. Kind of, I'm trying out a, a new way of doing this. So we've got, we had we had our vocal worship leader, and then I had the ba- a band leader. So uh, we had uh, Aaron. I don't, nobody's going to know who she is, but, you know, she was the vocal worship leader. And then we had a, a guy who was playing guitar. He was the the band leader. So, um, I had already picked out the music for that weekend, you know, because it was Christmas season, we didn't have time to get everybody together and and plan it all together like you did, but that's what I want to start doing. Good. But, um, (laughs) so I just, I just kind of planned it all for them and and tried to make sure they had everything they needed. And then, so all they had to do was show up and and do it. Oh, it went okay. There were a couple of flukes I heard about afterwards, you know, when we kind of debriefed it with them. 
but nothing, you know, nothing that's going to keep them from doing it again. Nothing Good. that would like raise any, you know, theological red flags was Good. said. You know, so, so like now, that. so now that you've done that, do you feel more empowered to to do it again to take another Sunday off, or was it like a really was it really like hard thing for you? No, I don't have it. You know, I, you know, I had just at my last church worked my place to work myself to a place where I was basically only leading twice a month, and I was having someone else lead the other two. That's cool. And I'd completely step off the team and and be out in the congregation. No way, you weren't even. Yeah, and so that was it. Was really good because it really helped me start to be able to see the you know what was happening. Because, you know, when you're on stage, it's really hard to gauge what's happening out in the congregation from their perspective, totally. which is the most important perspective. Right, right, other right. Other than, you know, what's happening for worshiping God, you know. That's the second most important thing. So so it's really important that we as worship leaders get out there and do that. But anyway, so, yeah, that's a, I'm going to be working more on that this year, too. Cool. So um, one quick thing that I think is maybe revealing about me. Yeah. I'm going to go dumpster diving tonight. All right, man. Right. Just looking for uh, looking for hidden treasures, or uh... well, the, uh, this house across the street, and I, I think it's legal, right? You know, once it's out on the street, it's free, right? But don't ask me, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because you know, okay, like, when you set I, your trash out. Like, well, I know, I know, on CSI, you know, the TV show, they do that all the time. You know, when they. Yeah. When uh when they when they're trying to find evidence against someone they they always go through their trash yeah. and they're like it's public yeah um so but, so if, but if don't it's take not, my it's word CSI's for it CSI's fault okay we'll blame CSI we can sue them later great or something. okay but the this house across the street it's a weird story I talked to the lady right when we moved in just for a minute she said well we kind of have two houses and you know so we're gonna be working towards selling this one here pretty soon so a couple of weeks ago they brought in a huge storage unit. And then the huge dumpster. I'm thinking, man, what are they going to do? Are they going to do like a huge re- remodel of this? It's only like eight or ten years old, you know. Can't need that much work done to it. <laughs> and so then uh, for the last week, they've just been throwing stuff out, and there's like bunk beds. Like like good stuff. Good stuff. Like I just stopped on my way to church this morning. I stopped and looked in there, and like I just, there's a suitcase. So I pulled the suitcase out, and like, wow. <laughs> I can use this suitcase. Like, this, is, so, this is good. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the bunk beds. Wow. There's nothing wrong. There's like tables and stuff in there. Perfectly good condition. The, and they're just throwing it out. just throwing away. I'm like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, tonight after it's dark, I'm going to go. After it's dark, dig out this stuff and <laughs> wait. So, so what? So why can't you? Why can't you just ask her? Why can't you just go They're up? They're not and, there. Oh. There's no one there in the daytime. Oh, and so I'll go knock on the door, and if anyone's there, I'll ask if it's okay. But okay, it's in a dumpster out in front of the out house. Out in front so of the house, public. It'd be a very odd way to be storing your stuff to move. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? Well, hey, man. But best of luck to you. I, I hope. I hope you find some good things like a. A bunk bed or a table or what, yeah. whatever. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Thought, you know, maybe someone might care. Or maybe think it was funny. Give you know, be revealing about who I am. Yeah, maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll be throwing away like electronics or DVDs or yeah. who knows. You know that I don't know why I just saw this funny story. Um, you know Scott Olson. We yeah. we had Scott on here uh, a long time ago. Um, it was like episode six or seven. Or Which we need to get him back on. Got to get say him back. that every time he comes I back, it comes up. But I also need to get in touch with him because I want to have him come over and do a little training for my Sweet. sound guys. Yeah, I need to have him do some training for ours too. Sound training. I'm, I want to start doing like annual sound trainings with my sound team. 
I'd like I'd like to do maybe quarterly. Quarterly, that's ambitious. But, but it's got to be affordable, which I think sure. maybe he will be. Sure. But with, but then I would need to find other guys. Yeah, that are he's. Affordable. Yeah. Because um, I don't want to, you know, abuse him. No, no. Well, I mean, because because he, he does consulting. You know, like right. he he's come to my church a couple times. Uh, looked at some of our sound stuff and whoops i always pull this thing off <laughs> i'm gonna glue it on i know you see you know i'm sitting here on on this couch and i just start fidgeting with things and and david has his little desk and i always pull the in trim off of it without realizing it so sorry it's high quality craftsmanship yeah right that there. no it's actually <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um i always want to say scott olson he's done some uh some sound consultation and, uh, you know, I, I always pay him because I think it's important to pay mm-hmm. people when it's their profession because that's his job. Right. And, yeah, it's not – it's like $70 or $75 or something. So, yeah, give him a call. But so, Scott, a uh, funny story about him. Uh, this is like a long time ago. This is like eight or nine years ago when I was first going to Multnomah. I didn't even know the guy that well. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, one day, I, I, I guess he was – he got like really convicted in one of his classes at Multnomah about like consumerism and material things. And, and so one day like me and John Ross and Chuck Larson and a couple other guys, we were going over to his house to, to do practice or, or work on some music or whatever. And he is literally he, – he literally has this giant trash can outside in his front lawn and he is literally throwing everything that he has outside like like his dvds his cds um just just things electronics uh trinkets i mean he's getting rid of everything and he's just mad he's just furious he's like he's like stupid corporate america trying to take over my identity and change me with with who i'm supposed to be made new in christ and he's just going on and so chuck and john you know they're like hey great so they start they start ransacking the trash can and they're grabbing movies i felt too bad and plus i didn't know the guy very well well, so I wasn't ready to take his his DVDs and all his stuff, but he was throwing it away, and, and they they totally they totally made bank and uh, and yeah. made a good haul off of Scott's uh, off of Scott's convictions. Which reminds me of one more thing, and then we'll get into okay, topic. yeah, right. But the, the controversial. I, topic. I don't know if this is globally true, like, but it, I know it's true in some places um, because I I've heard about it. There's a high school that's close to this area, not this area but the other vancouver area over there mm-hmm. but that's all i'm going to say because oh. i don't want i don't know if i'm allowed to say it <laughs> what school it is but i think i can because it's public but anyway um like once a year maybe more than that when they get new equipment because it's a public school and because taxpayers paid for the equipment that they have they can't sell it because no way. So they just give it away? No, so they they and they haven't been able to figure out a good way to give it away. So they throw it away. What? Yeah. They throw it away. And so like I have somebody that I know who knows when they do it. And so he's gone dumpster diving a couple times over there when he knows no that they've thrown stuff way. away and pulled out this perfectly good stuff that they just threw away because Because they upgraded or yeah, replaced. So it. so maybe either but I, I know of another school that has sold the stuff, which is probably illegal, but they've uh, sold it for really, really cheap. Uh-huh. So maybe find, you know, if you can, if you're looking for cheap stuff, you know, check out your local school. That's interesting. And find out if they're going to do any kind of sale or if wow. they get new stuff. If there's a, if you can get in, get in tight with their tech coordinator person, yeah, yeah, you yeah. might be able to figure out when they get the new stuff, and that would be a good time to go check out the dumpsters. Nice. 
Man, when we're uh, when we're done recording, I'm gonna have to ask you what school it is because yeah. I <laughs> now I'm all getting excited yeah. doing doing my own little dumpster diving. No, so. pro- probably not, but that's okay. Well, hey, good luck on your dumpster diving. Thank Let's you. talk about this highly controversial controversy of all controversies yes. for worship arts ministry. It might not be that big of a deal for some people, but for a lot of people, it is. Sure, and, and well, it goes, it's a sticky topic, right? Yeah, and, and that is using. Uh, and it kind of gets it gets a little bit bigger than this, but basically, you know, we might we might call it two sets of rules. Having one set of rules for all your Christian musicians, and then a completely different set of rules for all your non-Christian musicians, which opens up the question: Should we even use non-Christians? Right. In right. worship. So, so, so I think the initial dun, dun, thing, dun. the initial thing that people hear. And I know this is the first thing that goes through my mind, so I'll I'll kind of pose the question, and then I'll let you, David, I'll let you go ahead and talk and kind of talk about your philosophy. But I think the initial people thing that people hear is, wait, how can you use non-Christians yeah. or, or people who aren't churched or who aren't saved or maybe who are struggling in their faith? How can you use them on a worship team in a ministry that the whole point of the ministry is to um, to model uh, worship, and the whole point of the ministry is to model an example of what it means for people to worship and to encourage the congregation. So, yeah. So, well, I'll I'll kind of go about it in one way or a couple ways. But um, I know of several larger churches who pay musicians. Yeah, I do too. That aren't Christians. Oh, aren't Christians? Yeah. Mm. They're just, they're good musicians and they're willing to play at a church. And so like down in Southern California, I know there are some churches down there, at least one that I know of. Yeah. For sure. But I, but I also know there's got to be way more than that of some of the larger churches that pay musicians. Hopefully, you know, they're trying to find Christians, but, um, but, uh, one of the things that when I was talking about it with my senior pastor that he mentioned was this was, when you go to a Chris Tomlin concert or a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert or Michael W. Smith concert, do you think all of the people involved there are Christians? I think most people assume they are. Yeah. But, but I bet you would be surprised Yeah, at how many aren't. Like, sound techs, probably not. So, yeah. That's you true. Know, they're they're probably just good at what they do, and so well, and they're they're, they're hired. They're contracted yeah. through the production their yeah. production company. Chris you know, Tomlin so. has no idea who the sound guy no. is, and they're they're hired the, the per la- city yeah, per venue. Exactly. the The label hires a production yeah. manager or production team to contract with the mm-hmm. the local, uh, or to to use a touring. You know, because we had that when when I was going to Crossroads. You know, they did lots of Crossroads at concerts because. Uh, Crossroads is a really good venue for mm-hmm. for housing concerts, and you know, so we'd have people. I mean, whatever, um, you know, Skillet, Avalon, uh, just you know, all all different kinds of bands. You know, um, hard, soft, adult, contemporary, whatever. And yeah, I mean, every time it was it was always a it was always um, a production company that would come in with their with their equipment. Um, very rarely do do they actually tour with all the gear from place right. to place. Only really big, you know, only really big names do that. They yeah. only, they, you know, because you can't afford the luxury of traveling with all your stuff yeah. from city to city. That's expensive. Well, it's expensive just to travel. Period. 
with the musician. So yeah. the whole semi rig, you know, with all the other gear would be, especially with gas prices like they are. Mm. So, so that's you know that was one question. Interesting, interesting. You know, one point of view. For me, and and this, you know, we were talking before we started this one. For me, it really centers around this one, this one issue that you and I were talking about. Yeah, and that, you know, there are people that I know, who um, were at one point really committed to God and to their relationship with God, and the church, and have since then this one, you know, this one person I'm thinking of in particular, has since then kind of stepped back, and has gone in the non christian path and so this this guy um and it's not the guy at your church this is a completely different guy um and so so there's this guy that you know i i really am concerned about his spiritual health Mm -hmm. and i've tried you know getting getting in touch with him just me and him one-on-one and never seems to happen because he probably knows what we're going to talk about you know (laughs) And he's, he's kind. He kind of blows you off. Yeah, and I, and he's got he's got some really unhealthy, non-Christian relationships because of his job and and what you know who he's around twenty four hours a day almost and, right. and how unhealthy that is. So he's got this constant pull in that direction, and so I really need a way to be around him and have him around some healthy people. Is the influence of yeah, and so so by having him play. Here, I know I know a couple things for sure. I know that while he's here, he's not doing those other things. Right. I know that while he's here, he's around some healthy, at least healthier people, who are concerned for his good, not with trying to get him to do whatever. I know that while he's here, um, he is being influenced by me, hopefully, by the other people, and by the music that we're playing, and that he's hearing a consistent, very strong Christian message in the songs that he's playing. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were talking ahead uh, ahead of time, and, you know, I mean, David, because I, like, I, I think I agree in, in part with some of that, you know, and I was sharing with you, um, honestly, I don't know exactly how I feel about the issue of, of using non-musicians, because I think, you know, um, hearing you say all that, makes sense but then you know the the devil's advocate is like well mm-hmm. well if they're non-christians isn't that going to bring down the whole worship team and isn't that going to bring down what you're trying to accomplish like spiritually uh through the the medium and the platform of music but i will say like like i was sharing with you earlier before we started recording i will say that i think i think there's something absolutely amazing about uh being in community together and rubbing shoulders with with someone who is going to sharpen you yeah. and challenge you, and, and you know there, there's a guy on my worship team who, um, you know, gone gone through a lot of hard times lately, and uh, you know not not quite sure about what God's plan for his life is, what God's will is. Um, you know, there's been some doubt, there's been some questions, and just having him be a part, a regular, integral part of our worship team, I think has made a huge difference. You know, we, we take time every morning, Sunday morning, we pray, um, you know, so there's other people who are living in community with him, who know um, what's going on in his life. They're praying for him. They're challenging him. Um, and, and there's that idea of relational community that's mm-hmm. happening. And, and and so, so you know, on the one hand, it's like, well, man, that, that is a really worthwhile thing. But then the other part of me is like, well, gosh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I don't know yeah. how I feel about, you know, about... Um, backsliding Christians or 
or people who aren't really solid in their faith or even non-Christians, period, being a part of your worship team. It's, it's a sticky issue. Well, you know, there it is a sticky issue, but then there are so many other issues that we overlook. You know, in the I've I've heard I've argued with lots of people about this in a good way, I think. But you know, when when we're talking about it, you know, you know, the non-Christian versus the Christian, we're assuming that the Christian is always a hundred percent where they're supposed to be every weekend. Christians right, and we're yeah. assuming that I, you know, when I get up to lead worship, that I'm always in the right place. Well, that's ridiculous. There's yeah. no way I'm always in the right place. Yeah. I try to be. Sure. But there are weekends when I'm not, when my mind is not where it should be, when I'm just not, for whatever reason, I'm not able to focus on what I need to be doing. And so, I, you know, there are weekends that I fail as a worship leader for whatever reason. And so so does, so that weekend maybe I shouldn't be up there, but I, <laughs> but I am. Yeah. And I'm paid to be, you yeah. know what I mean? And so, but, you know, so I, th- I, you know, I, I think that's one thing that, where where none of us are perfect all the time, not a, 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 every weekend. There's something I've I've kind of I've kind of got some rules in my head for how it has to work. All right, so you're talking about two different sets of rules. Yeah, two different. Why sets don't you of go rules. ahead and share that? Oh, oh, so for the non-Christians, one of them is it, it can only be in a uh, an instrumental role, not a vocal role. So for me, you know, everybody that's up on stage is a worship leader in some respect, but the vocalists are far more uh, in front worship leaders. Than right, the there's instrument. more of a direct presence. Yeah, they, and then there's there's also the potential to go awry mm-hmm. when you have a mic. You know, so it's a lot less when you have when you're an, when you're an instrumentalist. So, so for me, I won't I won't have a non Christian vocalist. I draw that line. But um, but also then there are other rules of just basically rules of conduct, you know, can't be drunk when you're there. Yeah. And so they have to be aware, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. Um, and then they can't they can't be if they were to use foul language and that would be, you know, so because that and then you have to take some form of action, some form of disciplinary action or mm. whatever. And then chances are that they're doing it because they like to play. You know what I mean? So if somebody does something that um, that isn't in accordance with a rule or something, then they need to be they need to have a privilege removed, almost like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so if you take them out of playing, then that's so you risk losing them. But at the same time, if they like playing enough, so. But then, you know, then I have a whole, which I have a whole handbook basically full of rules, of of for our for our Christian committed Christian worship arts people, and so I'm not going to go into all those because it's way too right, right. So. But but you're saying that you almost kind of apply a different set of rules. Now let me ask, how do people on your worship team respond to that? The the committed Christians who are adhering to your policy manual, they're adhering to your ministry, you know, your ministry team decisions. Mm-hmm. How do they feel about this second set of rules? It, I think it has been a point of contention for a couple people. Okay. But um, but I but I explain my philosophy, and usually they're okay with it. I haven't had anyone that's had a big beef with it yet. That that's like, well, I, then I can't. If you're going to do that and you're going to allow that, then I can't be a right, part of okay. it. 
I haven't had that. Yeah, because so. I mean, I think I think the point the point is that there is a lot of potential to minister to people who are hurting or backsliding mm-hmm. or non Christians. Um, but again, I, I don't even know how I necessarily feel uh, about it. I do know that there's you know been a couple people on my team who maybe haven't been you know solid strong Christians or who have had struggles or doubts. And, and, you know, I've talked with them, worked with them, and um, being in a community of believers and, like I was saying, rubbing shoulders with people who are who are actively engaging in, in, a, in a lifestyle of worship has been a really positive thing for them. So I see, I see the positives, but at the same time, you know, it's a sticky thing because mm-hmm. it's like, well, man, you know, if we, if we make that as exception and apply double standards to this, like, you know, do we apply double standards to, you know, everything else? Or, I mean, wh- where do you draw the line? That's well, tough. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have all the answers. Sure. I really don't. Um, but, you know, if there isn't any progress out of a spiritual kind, then that then at some point you might need to, to, to make a hard line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and maybe maybe that's harsh, maybe not. But but we're all we're all on a journey. We're all not. None of us have arrived in our Christianity. Yeah. None of us have arrived in our relationship. And so so even you know it's kind of you know it's pre Christian kind of thing. Uh, you know hopefully a pre Christian kind of thing. It's what the hope is anyway. And so so even though they haven't you know taken that step of faith or maybe they haven't just stepped back or backslidden whatever you want to call it a little bit you know that doesn't mean that they're still not on a journey towards god you know hopefully they are hopefully they're still they might not be but but hopefully they are and hopefully you know serving with other christians will be a catalyst to move them in the direction that they need to go right so interesting you know i would love to hear what other people listening yeah. have to say, because this is uh, it's controversial. I think perhaps maybe one of the most controversial things we talked about so far. Uh, Probably, I, you know, I I don't know. I mean, the only other controversial thing might have been, you know, when Scott was sharing about you know his philosophy of of worship teams and you know how how he does his a little differently. But um, but yeah, th- this potentially could be dis- uh, divisive. And um, I would love to hear what other people, you know. So if you're listening, jump in on the conversation. Yeah. Weigh in on this. Yes, we need to hear from you. Yeah. We desperately need it. No. <laughs> we you need to stroke our egos. No, not, no, not like not that. that. At all. No. Um, no, so. we, like we've said all along, we, we are far from having all the answers. And, and the goal of this is for all of us to improve ourselves included. And so... So hearing from the listeners, hearing from everyone out there is just going to help us all get better, including us. And yeah. we, you know, I am open to being proved wrong. I'm open to, to a, you know, an ironclad argument that will, that will completely change my philosophy. If, if that's out there, I'm definitely open to it. Boom. So, so bring it on. people. Bring it on. <laughs> No. Change his mind. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I just um, and I maybe that sounded kind of egotistical, and I didn't mean it to. <laughs> but um, but you know, I've thought a lot about it, and there are people out there who have written a lot about it, and pastors and stuff who have dealt a lot with it, and I and I think it's something that's worth to be worthy of talking about, and not to just to just say, well, they're non Christians, they can't participate. I I don't think that's the right answer. I think, you know, I think that that musician and artist evangelism 
is just as valid as any other kind of evangelism. I think that that the best people to reach other artists and to, uh, to reach other musicians are musicians. I think that that's that's one of the best ways to reach out to them. And I I think that the uh, the biggest venue that every church has for that is their worship service on a on a weekend basis. Look at the you know you know I don't know what their what it is uh, for before they become a Christian and performing and stuff like that. But, you know, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, hmm. that's a, a huge outreach thing. You know, if you've read Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Jim Cimbala, you, you can hear so many people that have come to Christ as a result of a testimony from the choir. They heard the choir practicing when they were doing drugs in the next building, you know, and stuff like that. And so yeah, they've wow. kind of, they start, you know, they bring their non-Christian friends to choir practice, and then they are involved in this this thing. And so they become a Christian as a result of it. I think... I think it, the, that we need to be reaching out as musicians to non-Christian musicians, and I think this is about the best and almost in a lot of churches the only way that we have to do that. There aren't very many churches that have any kind of uh, targeted artist outreach. You know, Imago Day over in Portland does, but they're right. one of the only ones. You know what I yeah. mean? There yeah. is, there's almost nothing that exists in, in the global church that huh. reaches out to musicians and artists in an evangelistic way. So interesting stuff, man. I don't think we can just I don't think we can just slam the door on the argument and say that they're non Christian so they can't participate. I think that's too sim- simplistic. Well, I think I think your point is well taken, man. That that um, this is bigger. You know, it's it's a lot bigger than just saying if you're not a Christian, you can't serve. That that perhaps. You know, and, and I'm including myself in this. Perhaps we can all maybe um, think about this a little, a little differently. Perhaps even a little more missionally. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I think that's good. But yeah, I uh, I, I want to hear what other people yeah, have to say. Me too. So get online worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can email David at worshipministrycatalyst.com or Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Also join our network worshipministrycatalyst.ming.com and uh, contact form all kinds of good stuff going on on the website. So please get on there and uh, let us know what you think. Cool. We'll talk to you later. Bye.